Man, I can't wait for the next uh, 15 years of the Murray State, Austin P and Murray State Belmont rivalries. You can't? Oh, wait. Damn. Hi, I'm Edward Marlowe, and this is Neil Bradley, and we're in studio here in Murray, Kentucky. This is the For Those Who Inquired podcast, and we're sad today. I'm sad today, at least. You are? Uh, yeah, because it, it's been about eight or nine days since you and I recorded a podcast, yeah. and a lot's happened. Yeah. Uh, the earth has shaken. I do believe there have been multiple earthquakes reported uh, in western Kentucky. In, Seismic in, activity. Uh, yeah, figuratively correct, yes. Yeah, yeah, no, we, we actually... You're just turning it on and going, like, I didn't hear anything. Yeah, no, 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 not real earthquakes like the New Madrid Fault. Maybe I should be a little bit more... Yes. Yeah. See, we can't get fired for doing this on a podcast. Yeah. On a radio station, that would not go well. Yeah, if we were live and saying that there were reported earthquakes... In, not on a podcast, come on. If you're getting your news from a podcast, then come on, you're not. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're like, you're degenerates like us. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Welcome to the club. Yeah, so uh, for those who inquired, uh, Belmont is leaving the Missouri or leaving the Ohio Valley Conference uh, for the Missouri Valley, and uh, yeah, that follows the Austin P discussion that we've already had, and I feel like it's just what like I, I don't have formulated thoughts. I, I've already written a blog post that was four thousand words of just random word vomit on everything that was going through my head about Austin P leaving the conference for the A Sun. Mm-hmm. Had a podcast with uh, Harry Schrader, uh, Voice of the Valley, Big Missouri Valley uh, supporter and reporter. Uh, also reports a lot on Ohio Valley Conference news. Also had a chance to formally meet uh, ESPN three color commentator and, and longtime Austin P associate uh, Bob Belvin, who had a lot of great insightful details about what Austin P was doing and why his mm-hmm. thoughts, positive and negative, as to you know, the move to the A Sun. And then, I mean, forty eight hours later, uh, if that, maybe not even that, Belmont details uh, are revealed um, that they're going to the Missouri Valley Conference. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what to think or feel or do. Or um, I think at the end of last week, Neil, I was a bit of a zombie, just stuck to Twitter. Just like, what are you supposed to do mm-hmm. uh, if you're the Ohio Valley Conference? What are you supposed to do if you're Murray State University? What do you do if you're the rest of the league? I'm not trying to – we'll talk about it from a racer standpoint, Neil, but, I mean, I'm thinking about it from a league standpoint as well and, and the other constituents. I don't know how you put it all together and make some sense of it. I you and I talked so much this summer about how quiet a lot of those expansion meetings were and that I, I personally thought the football decision to add two teams uh, from the conference was extremely progressive and, and was a good sign mm-hmm. for the health of the league. And now I'm just, uh, I don't know how to diagnose this, Neil. I'm not, an, I'm not a conference doctor, if there is such a thing. I don't know how to check the pulse of a conference and see, are you alive and doing mm-hmm. well? Or are you not? And maybe you can make sense of just all of the word jumble I just had for the last two and a half minutes. Well, I know that, uh, first of all, let me say this. I really enjoy being in the OVC as it was. Really had no issue with it. I liked it. Uh, Financially made sense for us. Uh, I didn't really have any issue with it. Yeah, you'd like for it to be better with better schools if if that was possible. But uh, at the time, it didn't seem like that, that it was. Uh, and and I do like the people I work with in the OBC. Kyle Schwartz, Heather Brown, all the other Travis have a good relationship with Beth. 
no no problems. I mean, any anytime I ask them for anything, it's there. It's good people, and they it, it is. And uh, I I do this this does give me a little bit of angst for them because I don't want this to negatively affect them because they're like you said they're good people, you know they're deep into their careers. I don't want anything to happen to them. I don't I'm, either. I'm concerned about Not it at all. However, then you have to put on. The Murray State hat, and you get Jacksonville State out. They want to go bowl division. That's in their future. I get it. They've Eastern, been talking football yeah. for years. No surprise. Yep. Eastern Kentucky, same thing. No surprise. Absolutely not. Austin P upgraded their stadium. They say they want to do it too. Okay, so and upgraded their basketball stadium. It's coming. Yeah. So I understand they're doing what they believe is best for themselves, and I don't ever fault anyone for that. You shouldn't fault the school for it or anyone personally that takes, hey, I'm taking another job to better myself right. and my family. I don't have any problem with that. I don't know that the racers were looking, Murray State University rather was looking, but I think the hand has been forced. I think those three schools leaving, and we have no idea who's coming in, and I got news for you. If I'm about to come in and this happens, I want some answers. I want to know that I'm not coming to a conference about to die or to stay afloat by bringing in Division II teams and making them transition into Division I teams. Right. That gives me some major issues. So the teams that may be on the verge of coming in, I'm not sure I would uh, count on that quite yet. But for Murray State, I think the hand's been forced. I think uh, if it is the Missouri Valley Conference, I'd have zero from anybody that says that is about to happen. But I think you could read between the lines with Kevin Saul's statement. If he had been 100% committed to the OVC and wanted to say that, he could have said it in two sentences, and that's the end of it. All right. That's not what it said. Into not. Kind of exploring other opportunities. And I, and I get that because it, it's his job, just like it is the other AD's job, to do what's best for his university. And that's what he's going to do. He's not going to do what's best for the OVC. That's not his job. His job is to do what's best for the university. And I think we're at least on that track. What will happen, I don't know. This isn't as easy as moving to a conference that has everything. Because you go to the Missouri Valley Conference in basketball and the many other sports that they do have, yep. and you do not go in football because that's pretty much a separate conference. They the have Missouri a separate, Valley Football. They conference. have a separate commission. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's run differently. It used to be called the Gateway Conference, right. and they change it because there was a lot of confusion. Well, why do you got the same? Okay, Missouri Valley Football Conference. That'll end the confusion. Well, it actually didn't end the confusion. There's just more confusion now. But yeah, now people don't understand that Belmont didn't have to wait. Yeah, that we we we've mentioned these three teams. Belmont can literally come out and say, as long as they have an invitation, we're going to an expanded Missouri Valley Conference. We've got a handshake agreement. We're good to go. Up, oh, we don't have to worry about football. We'll see you there. Yeah. You yeah. know, there you that's go. less that they had to pack in the rider truck. Yeah, that's that they're good. So I think, man, I don't know what to think. I um, but I do know it's it, there has been no official announcement from Belmont. But there's no official announcement that I'm overweight. There's no official announcement that I'm over 65. But both of those things are true. Just because I haven't officially announced them, and trust me, it's coming. Is it coming Monday? Don't know. Tuesday? Don't know. But it is coming, and it is going to happen. Now, whether it'll happen in conjunction with the Murray State announcement, do not know. I know nothing. And I'm being brutally honest, Ed, with all the connections I have, dead silence. Absolutely nothing on Murray State moving officially or unofficially. Do you want to know what radio silence moment? tells me? What? People are busy. That, well, that's what I would think. Yeah, usually it is. As I said, if they if they were just committed to the OBC, here's the statement. I'm like, eh, okay, 
Obviously, we're, just we're moving forward. Yeah. And not only that, but you're moving forward and you're saying we're going to be part of the rebuilding process. Exactly. Here's the one thing that I've actually written a lot about, even pre-Belmont's announcement, and which hasn't come, but the, the news that broke on social media. Big hat tip to Matt Brown there. He's been doing a knock-up, bang-up job on conference realignment. My goodness. And it's been good stuff every, cause every time. You have your credibility until you absolutely fail and then it's like well i don't know but now whatever he says is gold until he proves otherwise yeah in my opinion yeah he's nailing it he's doing a really good job sports illustrated was able to confirm it as well a couple of guys there kevin sweeney longtime reporter uh, jumped in on that as well so you know big scoop there and uh congratulations uh, to that uh, wonderful news uh, to break honestly it does mean a shifting landscape in college athletics but it obviously leaves a really big question mark i keep seeing the comment and I think it's fair to say it, that the Ohio Valley Conference, why didn't Belmont go in 2017, and why are they going now? Well, the Ohio Valley Conference is far different than it was even five years ago. And, um, you know, I don't want to speak for anybody. I would have to think Belmont's news will come from their mouths next week. Uh, I don't have that official, but I think that's extremely possible. Um, just just due to the landscape of things, you, you don't let that linger for another seven to eight days uh, when it's already out and about and being aired publicly uh, by credible sources. Um, I think for me, something that I, I, I'll go back to this, something that I wrote um, earlier last week is that I think the Ohio Valley Conference for years, and I don't just mean like for 10 years, I mean for like 50 I mean, like, almost in its entire lifespan, has been a terrific lily pad league. And what I mean by lily pad league is, I mean that in the same sense that I mean a lily pad business. It's where you go and you grow your sea legs. And you go and you get better at being a college program. And you go and you get better at being an athletics facility and management and staffing and coaching. And you all learn and you get better. And then you bounce to a bigger conference. You look at Louisville early. Uh, Louisville was in the Ohio Valley Conference for like a year. Evansville was in for a few years. Akron was in there in that beautiful 1980 to 87 range when I was born and Return of the Jedi came out. And just some great years in U.S. history. Akron, yeah, nerd alert. Nerd alert. Right. Akron was in the Ohio Valley Conference from 80 to 87. There were a lot of people in the early 90s when I was a kindergartner, sorry Neil, that were talking about the death of the Ohio Valley Conference then. Jacksonville State was originally a D2 program that was powerful that came to the Ohio Valley Conference. Now they're bouncing. Eastern Kentucky has been long trying to find an FBS football association. They almost had it with the Sun Belt. They felt so jilted in that moment that they got butthurt on campus. And I I mean, I'm not... uh, Dean Hood was let go by Eastern Kentucky because of those arguments that took place between FCS, FBS. Played a role. Played a role. Sure. Because he wanted to be in the Ohio Valley Conference or playing FCS football. He felt EKU belonged in that division. And there were... There was just friction there. You know, some of that went unreported. I say these things because... I don't think the Ohio Valley Conference is dying, per se, like death doorstep. I'm saying there's a different vision. And I think from the tea leaves that I have read is that that division caused fracturing this summer. That one vision and another vision led to this, I don't want to call it dissolution, because you still have teams in the league that are going to stick around, but... 
you had two different pathways of belief. One belief was, we're going to stick to this road because it's what we've been doing all this time. And you have another road that said, we're trying to climb a higher mountain, a different mountain. I'm not going to take anything away from what the Ohio Valley Conference as a whole wants to do. But one point that Bob Belvin made uh, earlier this week that I thought that just needs to be resonated is that all of the Ohio Valley Conference presidents now were not the presidents Beth had in 2011 when they declined North Alabama and NKU. Uh-huh. And I find that to be a fabulous point because it means all of the leadership, not just some of it, not just some little tangent, all of the conference leadership, the OVC Board of Presidents, where the true power resides, yes. changed mm-hmm. entirely. Beth, and I'm not trying to be inappropriate here, because you can be a powerful queen. Beth is a queen. She does not hold voting like power. There's yeah. not like a magnet where she like brings all of this attention and gets to just swing a big hammer somewhere and says, this is my decree. Or here's the president's voting and go, I'm vetoing that. That We're not doing that. Right. That's not how it goes. That's not how she it goes She works for all. them. That's absolutely right. And if she doesn't want to do what they want her to do, they'll find someone who will. It's the way that works. That's like a baseball commissioner. It's absolutely right. There are certain right. tiny powers that they have, and they, but for the most part, on anything major, no. No. And you can debate, what, oh, good commissioner, bad commissioner. That's that's another debate. That's got nothing to do with these major decisions. It is not. Because all she does is announce what the decision is. That's right. That is all it is. Yeah. She that, she reads from a rooftop. Yeah. I could I could, couldn't do the rest of the part of it because I'm not qualified, but in terms of just reading what they've given me, I could do that. Yeah, absolutely. So if that's and, a- and that's the one thing I wanted to say. There's a reason she continues to get extensions. She's beyond qualified. Exactly. She is absolutely vetted, certified. And knows I, the NCAA inside and out. Absolutely understands how college athletics works. Is there some collective failure, maybe, in vision? Um, maybe I'm not one to say that. I'm barely showered today. Right. Um, I, barely, I honestly don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer to You'd that. You'd have to be inside at the meetings and hear them. Yeah. I really don't know. I can say this um, through iterations that I've heard, uh, inklings and determinations. Uh, Murray State has not been asleep at the wheel. That's all I can really say about that. I, I know I I have a very strong I let's, do know that part too. Yeah, let's let's just say it's just a strong gut feeling, but, but I. But it's go- nothing to do with where we're going or anything. But I do know that they've yeah. been on top of it. Yeah, I'd put I'd put a hundred dollars that I probably borrowed from a friend. You know, I'd put a hundred dollars down and say Murray State knows what their next move is. This is not a shot in the dark, off the hip. Oh my God, I can't believe Belmont's leaving. I can't believe Austin. They've known. Right. That part they've they've known. I don't know how long they've known, but it's not like they found out on Twitter like the rest of us did. Right. They've known for, um, let's just say, an indeterminate amount of time that, that is longer, plus or minus uh, a month or two, I would say. Probably maybe even longer. If these conversations that you and I talked about in the summer that were so mysterious were deteriorating even then, as far as like dividing where they were going one way or another, like this is where we want the conference to go, bunch of D2s and a, maybe a couple of floundering D1s that want to rejuvenate versus let's get, I don't know, Chattanooga, Central Arkansas, ETSU, right. so on and so forth, pick, pick, a, pick a litter of top you know, mid-major programs. 
okay, then that's fine. That You go that way. We wish you the best. We're headed another direction. Right. They've seen the fork in the road. Murray State officials have seen the fork in the road. I do have a friend of mine who I have um, direct message with on Twitter. We'll not call his name because he hasn't given me permission to use it, but I don't mind spilling his ideas out there. He believes that, uh, in his opinion, it's what he said. He said he believes the racers will fit with the Missouri Valley and go there. Uh, he believes that somehow, uh, he's, he thinks Tennessee State to the MEAC, that's what he thinks that happened, and that the uh, OVC will merge with the Big South. Uh, you know, they're losing North Alabama, Kennesaw State. That may or may not be a, a good fit. Uh, I don't know how conference mergings happen, what the repercussions are from that. Uh, but at least on the surface, that doesn't sound like a terrible idea. It doesn't. You will get some good teams, and you also you have to have six. If the racers, let's say this happens, the racers leave, and then the OVC gets nobody to replace them. They have five football teams next right. year, and you can't have an auto bid right. with five teams. No, you cannot. So, I mean, a lot's going to have to happen, and I'm sure we'll know. I was pretty much told that uh, you know by the end of November we would know something in terms of OVC expansion, whether we're either going to add teams this year or not add teams. Yeah, well, it looks like that's certainly going to happen right now. We'll, we'll know something whether that's the case or not, because from a scheduling standpoint, those are ducks you do have to get in a row Absolutely, for the benefit of all the schools, because scheduling takes a lot more planning that you might than you might think. It's not like high school where you got your own buses. You can just schedule a game. I know it's even difficult at that level, but you have to, you know, get bus contracts you have to get food travel it's a lot and a lot of issues i don't want to call them headaches it's just part of doing business and that doesn't happen if you release your schedule in july or august with games starting the next month that can't be done and no, marketing the fans too absolutely not you want to be able to market it you know kind of get a good message behind whatever your product happens to be yeah so uh my mind is just mush, honestly. I can't imagine being a, uh, a contemporary, an administrator of an organization right now dealing with this. Oh, I don't, sure. I yeah. don't necessarily want to call it a fiasco, um, but it, for lack of a better term, maybe it seems like there is some disheveling here, uh, some disarray. Um, is it fair to say the OVC is in disarray? Maybe. Well, um, I don't think they saw this much uh, change, change coming right. this quickly. Yeah, that that's what I told somebody the other that's, day. That's what I think. think about the last 96 hours, Neil. I don't even necessarily remember yesterday. But, like, you think about the last four days of just onslaught of news from Austin P officially announcing to the Belmont News breaking to what the hell is Murray State Athletics going to do. And, and not just to be self-centered about it. What's the rest of the league going to do? What is their answer? What do their presidents say? What yeah. do their athletic directors say? What is our vision moving forward? That, to me, is just a massive amount of news. It's a massive amount of news to sort through uh, and try to figure out. Uh, and, uh, oh, hey, by the way, I think the best part about it, and I've said this once, I'll say it again, uh, There's this isn't complacency. There are a lot of people that care about the health of their athletic organization sure. their athletic division and their specific program so i uh, we have this is just the beginning i think there's even more news coming and um what does it do to basketball on the men's side let's just talk men's side yeah five of your top six teams if murray state is one gone and let's for the moment just assume boom they're gone five of the top six are out you're left with morehead state 
the the other five are out. Which has recently reemerged as a power. Yes. Thanks to Preston Spradlin and done a great job. Janai Broom and they they I mean, wow. Wow. There's no question they will compete this year. They they will compete, as will Belmont, as will Murray State. Is this the swan song for Murray State? Who? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, uh, certain indications tell me that the phones are busy. Shake the Magic 8 ball. Um, ask later. That's what it says. It's going to be really interesting. It's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out. It certainly will. Thanks, Dave. And it may not all play out for a while. Um, it could take a while. It could take a while. Yeah, I, I think the one thing, one th- the one thing that I don't like hearing because you've seen a commitment to football, and but I've seen it and I've heard it, is that Murray State football will be holding back any move for this comp for 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 this team to any conference. Mm-hmm. I just don't believe that. Yeah. I, I didn't believe it in 2017. I do not believe. I do among many things. I do not believe football is what held Murray State back in 2017. I think Murray State opted to hold back. I don't think. I think it was a convoluted system in which in 2017 they didn't have a 12th team. Missouri Valley Conference did not have a 12th team, and Murray State University did not have the financial commitment. Both sides had questions. I, I, now all of a sudden you're seeing a major campaign drive. You're seeing a facilities master plan being released, which clearly had timing. And you have an investment where the Murray State University Athletics is wanting to take the next step somewhere. Is that the Ohio Valley Conference? I have doubts now. I have questions. And uh, I just don't think that's going to be the case. See, I, I had uh, – we have two different schools of thought on that because I had – the sources I had said they did have the money set up for the Missouri Valley Conference, but the Missouri Valley Conference wanted two teams, not one. And when a second team didn't emerge, they opted to just use the the one. And that's so. That's the thing. Like I, I, I very likely could be wrong, and um, it seems extremely likely. But you take those two schools of thought and you merge them together, and what just happened in 2017 is they just didn't get invited. It just didn't happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's exactly. Yeah, right. you're you're exactly right. And and I mean, it's. I think for me, it's it's a chicken and egg argument. Like. I was told by more than one source that SIU was not interested in Murray State coming to the Missouri Valley. I, I've heard that. Yeah, but they time and likely again. couldn't keep them out. Right. I mean, it's a, they were they were just one yeah, vote. Yeah. It's just interesting times ahead. It is. It is. But uh, it, it, and it's amazing that there's been so much of this at the bowl division level of football. And now it's kind of trickling down to the FCS level, and then of course uh, we're you know Division One with everyone else uh, in the other sports. But uh, football does seem to be a driving force because that's what drove the other teams out. That's why they you know they want to land at a bowl and play bowl division football somewhere down the road. And it's it's TV deals. Yeah, it, really, it's TV money. So uh, speaking of TV money, let's talk about Murray State football. But for a second toss over to Bowling Green, because uh, Bowling Green made some TV money this weekend. <laughs> they did. Um, yeah, they were oh, wow. one of the worst teams in terms of, like, two different ranking systems. I think there was uh, they were in the bottom four yeah. of Bowl Division football. The Racers went up, didn't didn't play a terrible game overall. It was another strong first yeah, half. Strong first half. Uh, you... Lost 27-10. And then uh, Bowling Green goes to Minnesota and wins at Minnesota. Minnesota's not an awful team. Uh, any no, stretch. Not, not, not a bad team. Big win for them, but suddenly the racer loss at Bowling Green doesn't look as bad. Neil, that was a 31-point underdog. 31 and a half. 
yeah. point underdog, plus twenty eight hundred on the money line. Man, absurd win for, for mathematically mm-hmm. for Bowling Green, which you were talking about this week, and they did it without their starting running back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was injured, didn't even make the trip. Uh, now they do have kind of a three headed animal back there in terms of uh, the running back, so they do have a couple of other strong ones, but. The number one running back didn't make the trip, and then they were still able to get the win. Unbelievable. Unbelievable win for Bowling Green. And here's the thing. You knew that they weren't necessarily going to be dismal forever. It's MAC football. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to go play in the MAC. Everybody wants to be a part of MAC action. You know, I, I, talking about Murray State football, they played a relatively clean first half. You had that first turnover. It was, a, it was really a reverse of Cincinnati, mm-hmm. where you fall down early, you get back up, Aaron Baum drills a 47-yard field goal. It's 10-10. And then in the second half, you just, very similar to Cincinnati, you just ran out of steam. And I think where Bowling Green had its edge is that they were really pretty strong at throwing the football. Yeah. Had that interception. Yeah, had that interception in the, it was, uh, what, Matt McDonald? Mm Mm-hmm. I believe McDonald's uh, dad, if I was listening to the broadcast correctly, his dad played at USC. Yeah. And for the Browns. That's right. So you've got a situation where... From a passing perspective, uh, Coach Hood talked about it after the game. It wasn't any dismissal, and they knew they made mistakes. Uh, he didn't make any excuses. A couple of rotation changes in, in the secondary, and I do believe uh, Quinoz Turner did not get a chance, got a little dinged up before the game, yeah. I believe. Did I hear that right? I think so. And they had to rotate in. Like Marcus Floyd moved to safety. And he was playing hurt. And Devontae Key... You know, ended up, uh, McKee ended up getting the interception. Yep. Thought that was a great play down the sideline. Edmondson sprained his ankle. Uh, you lose your defensive lineman in in pregame warmups. Yeah, so a uh, little thin there, and it's just things that against a bowl division team, uh, it's very difficult to. You need all sixty five guys. Yeah. I mean, sixty three. And they may not have won if they had all of them healthy, but uh, that that did play some role. So uh, just uh, there's really not much else to say about that game. I know that. Over two FBS games, Preston Rice has five interceptions. I, you know, I did no touchdown, no passes. touchdown passes. Um, they've had some key situations in the in the red zone where they've just not been able to capitalize. They've been they've done well the running game. Uh, I thought uh, Witherspoon, uh, Demonte Witherspoon looked really good against Bowling Green. Uh, Preston just did not get a chance really to escape the pocket much. Bowling Green put a lot of pressure, put a lot of smaller, speedier guys to kind of get around. Mm-hmm. Murray State's big offensive line, uh, which that was a, a key talking point both on your uh, radio broadcast and on the Bowling Green ESPN podcast, our, our cast, was that, you know, Murray State's offensive line is beefy. Got some yeah, got some ham on the, on the bone there, and that's good. It was bigger than Bowling Green's defensive line, but Bowling Green ended up using that a lot to their advantage. Mm-hmm. They, they blitzed quite a bit and, and got Preston into some really tough situations. I thought that first turnover, that's one interception you'd love to have back. Wasn't a bad throw. Just he never, you know, Deshaun Britton never had a chance to really even get oh, underneath yeah. that ball yeah. and get the catch. And when he did and comes down, flipped him, and that's a turnover. Yeah. And that's – those turnovers aren't necessarily a quarterback or a receiver's fault. That's just good defense. But there have been probably a couple of interceptions in the last couple of weeks – you know, that, that maybe Preston's looking at the tape saying, man, I, I probably should tuck it and run or mm. throw it away at that point. Uh, but you learn that against an FBS team. That being said, I think the bye week, if you can ever pick a time for it to happen, came at a really good time, you yeah. know, because now you go right into, you know, some OVC action. I believe they get one more bye week. 
Is that right? No, this is it. This was this was the bye week. Okay, so this next week is the last week before conference play. Begins. Gotcha. It's a non-conference game against East Illinois. Yep. Then they get the one uh, at SEMO is another non-conference game, yep. but that's down the road. They uh, I'll tell you what they open at Martin. That's their OVC opener. Martin looked fabulous yesterday in beating Jacksonville State. Yeah, that's two games that I actually had here to mention. Eastern Illinois beat Tennessee Tech. Eastern Illinois coming here on on Saturday. Uh, So certainly could be a very interesting game on Saturday. Again, non-conference. Don't know if you show all your cards, but you want to win. So you're going to do what you can to win. And uh, then, yeah, you absolutely nailed it. Jacksonville State, you and I played. Mike Paris's... play call his call on the the hail mary win at florida state then ut martin comes in and beats you that just shows you it's college football man gotta be ready we've we've already mentioned bowling green beating minnesota and now ut martin which is not a bad team but jsu living large and high at the moment top 10 in the fcs and ut martin goes to jacksonville state puts up a big win mick cronin always used to have that like if the racers had a big win and then we would go lose somewhere. He would just say, you know what that other team thought about our win? They didn't care. Not a damn thing. Didn't, didn't mean anything to them at all. Didn't give a damn. They didn't care that we had just beaten so-and-so. They played no factor in it at all. And it's the same thing. UT Martin, all the, did you know Jacksonville State beat Florida State? They didn't care. They just went out and tried to do the best they could and win. Uh, really good second half for them. Very impressed with their quarterback. The defense did uh, enough to stop a very potent Jacksonville State team. And uh, they're going to get – Martin will get votes. I do know that because I voted for him in the poll this week. Uh, they much much deserve it. They are 3-1. and one, uh, So uh, we'll we'll see if they get ranked. I'm not sure if they will, but uh, uh, they're off to a good start. So they're in the thick of it. Of course, the, the conference race just started. Uh, Southeast Missouri, they're coming off a good performance over a bad team. Uh, you figure the racers will be there. You got Austin P. So it should be a terrific – uh, terrific race. Even though you don't have Jacksonville State and Eastern Kentucky anymore, you, you have four teams that are going to be fighting tooth and nail to get that auto bid. You've talked a lot about UT Martin's quarterback. I, I do want to quickly, quickly mention this. Keon Howard is a six-year senior. Uh, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Uh, yeah, 6'1", senior. Yeah, yeah. 6'1", 215. <laughs> uh, right, senior. Yeah, as in like right, he's 55 years old and he's already <laughs> retired. But yeah, sixth-year senior. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, p- apparently, originally played at Tulane, uh, and and this is his fifth year uh, posting some stats. Nine total touchdowns, I believe four passing, five rushing. Kind of does a little bit of everything. Yeah, pretty and, impressive. Uh, I watched a pretty pretty good player. A lot of the game yesterday. Yeah. So, uh, quick touch. That's a quick touch on football. Um, but man, it's going to be really interesting uh, just to see how the season shakes out. Yeah. Uh, with UT Martin's win. Uh, Eastern Illinois again looks a little bit better, maybe yeah, than anticipated. I, I talked to Dean on the coaches show, and he said they are they're, they've improved a lot from what they were in spring. Yeah, they're, they're they're not the same team. And and I think the conference is going to be a lot of fun. I still think, knock on wood, I saw where Austin P took a tough loss to Eastern Kentucky. Yeah, and uh, Turn, turnover issues, and EKU took advantage. Uh, I think uh, Austin P had over two hundred more yards uh, in total offense, but uh, won the time of possession, but. Turnover bug bit them and some other issues too. Yeah, I, I the the conference fight as we watch it unfold will be really interesting. I know Murray State is kind of a relative favorite, but you know you can't sleep on those laurels. Oh yeah, yeah, you got to be ready to play. It's just like the Eastern Illinois doesn't care. They're, no. They got they're already they're tied for first right now because two teams won. They're one of them. 
So they'll come in and tied for first with Southeast Missouri. And if they keep winning, no one can do anything about it. So a uh, big test for them against the racers, even though this is non-conference, this one doesn't really matter. And, and, and I talked to one of the racer assistants about the playing all the cards, and he just said it was a good question, didn't really say one way or the other. Um, but he said, you want to win every game. So mm-hmm. you're not going to play that to not win it. But, you know, if you have a trick play here or there that you might not want to use, uh, an elaborate set piece, you know, you don't want to use that. Yes. Save that in the back pocket for later. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Speaking of an elaborate set piece, uh, I'm glad you said that. One elaborate set piece that I don't think the racers will have in their pocket for football this year, they'll have to rely on somebody else. Uh, I've heard – you know, uh, news on Daquan Dallas is not great. Um, I believe it's an elbow issue that so. that they can't. Uh, I asked Dean Hood after the Bowling Green game, from going into your bye week, how healthy do you feel? He mentioned that several nicks and bruises probably would heal up over the next couple of weeks. That's good news. Didn't spe- specify who that was. Um, but that, you know, depth didn't seem to be a question. But one key player who was a guy last year who came up with several big plays seemed to always be open for the big touchdown uh, on a lot of those play-action passes in the slot uh, was Daquan Dallas, yeah. a longtime veteran. And so, you know, that's that's a place where somebody will have to step up. Wide receiver is, a, in my opinion, probably a deep spot for this team. Um, that, you know, they just because they run the ball for 200 yards a game doesn't mean they don't throw the ball for 150 to 200 yards a game. Somebody's got to catch that, mm-hmm. you know. Is it always going to be Jacob Bell or Malik Honeycutt or um, Lamartez Brooks? I don't know, you know. you, you got to – Deshaun Britton was kind of, you know, kind of starting to take off a little bit there in those two FBS yeah. games. So you, you've got to find another guy uh, that's maybe that slot that, you know, is, is typically open on those 50, 60-yard – broken that what i would call broken coverage plays right and uh that that was daquan's kind of role last year and that's that's an open spot so very meticulous spot very very i guess what i would consider first world problem Mm -hmm. but there's no question daquan dallas brought a lot of value to the team uh and he's well thought of great guy that you know is is going to be missed this season i think he's he's out with a season ending injury in his experience plus he had big playability and uh those guys aren't a dime a dozen it's always good to have someone that can break one or make a big play a big hit for you and he can could always do that absolutely speaking of a big hit and a big play murray state men's basketball came away with with schedule yeah no 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 no, we don't have a schedule all right well what do we have well i mean I, i guess we might as well say well no, I guess we can't. There are two games still open for Murray State men's basketball. Well, there were. There may. Not, I don't think there are now. There may not be now. I've been told there's one. That we're down to one. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. Ah, breaking news from. Well, the that was a few days ago. One Neilium Bradley. Yeah. Maybe. Well, yeah. Lots broken since. So maybe filled now, and we may have <laughs> lost six games by now. You know <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. This is what happens when you have conference realignment. Someone may have just said, you know, we're just taking our ball and going home this year. We're not playing at all. Yeah. See you. Thanks. Yeah. We really appreciate, you know, the phone call that we had. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed lunch. Glad you picked up the tab. <laughs> there you go. Um, Murray State men's basketball did pick up a 6-6 wing commitment from Indianapolis, class 2002. It is Jackson Edwards. He's a 6-6 senior for Cathedral High School. In Indianapolis, a little bit about him. 21 games last year, Edwards. Uh, he is number 10, so if you find some highlight videos, his jersey number was number 10. He only, he only, only averaged 10.7 points, 5.6 rebounds, 1.6 assists, 1.1 steals, and 1.4 blocks. 
I mean, he's a junior who, by the way, was stepping up from a smaller sophomore role and only played 20 minutes a game last year. Okay. There is high, high ceiling for this young man. He didn't take a ton of three-pointers. He was four from tw- four for 27 from three. Uh, but apparently this past summer was, I mean, absolutely, I guess, apparently from what I'm, you know, and we know we, we know the euphemisms, the terms, the coach speak, yeah. took that leap. Uh, really strong summer. Uh, he did shoot 64% from two. I've been told by more than one source he's an elite slasher, like guy that gets to the rim and is pretty much undeniable. Some of his dunks that I've seen on video are pretty impressive. A um, couple of small notes about him. Uh, he had a ton of offers come between like April and the end of July. And here's the letters that he reportedly held. IUPUI, Eastern Illinois, Miami of Ohio, uh, Northern Illinois, Milwaukee, Indiana State, Evansville, Eastern Michigan, Kent State, Edwardsville, Ball State, Illinois State, and Drake. Okay. And apparently was about to, I guess apparently there were conversations in, near and around Indianapolis that maybe he was going to wait around to see if that first big offer was coming. Uh, but he committed to Murray. <laughs> I, he made that decision. And um, uh, quickly rising, this is where, this is another point for him. He only played 37 minutes during his sophomore year. So between that sophomore year where he averaged 1.5 points per game, only played 37 minutes, only appeared in X games, mm-hmm. you know, just a handful of games, really took that jump to his junior year. They, they're expecting an even bigger jump in his senior year. Oh, and he joins another 6'6 wing in Justin Morgan that's joining Murray. Okay. That's back-to-back 6'6 wings okay. for Murray State men's basketball. Oh. Hopefully they'll be good. Yeah, and where do you go? Where do you go from this point? You know what? I, I I think the next question that I ask scholarships, I guess, don't matter in August anymore in, yeah. in September. Uh, but somebody's going to end up leaving. Oh, yeah, you, you know, or you just never know. That, but they, every year, the one thing that I will say, excuse me, there, little little phlegm as we are experiencing nighttime cold temperatures. The um, mathematically, the racers, I do believe, only have two scholarships at this moment. And now, I mean, because you have two 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 graduate seniors, sure. Jordan Skipper Brown and Carter Collins. Um, it's worth mentioning, according to Blue Ribbon, Murray State men's basketball is a preseason third. Uh, first team guys are Tevin Brown and KJ Williams. Their preseason player of the year pick for Blue Ribbon, uh, and Blue Ribbon usually does a pretty good job, uh, is uh, Grayson Murphy from Belmont, which I think is beyond fair. Dude's a 10-6-5 guy every single game, just three steals and hits a game-winning three-pointer. That's just kind of his M.O. And uh, their preseason newcomer of the year, Carter Collins. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, hey. That's nice. It's almost like Neil and I have been telling you guys, when you add an A-10 player who averaged 10 points and two and a half assists a game, that you know maybe he's going to play a big role. Did they play Belmont or Moorhead? They picked First. Belmont. Okay, Moorhead's, Moorhead's two. Belmont returned literally every single player. Yeah, I, I, is yeah. why you knew that. That's, I mean, that's a. I think that's a no-brainer. Though. Yeah, I, I think it is too. And Moorhead, I think it's just going to be a really fun year, right? Really, for from basketball. And the reason we're even you, you keep talking about it. I mean, college basketball season's forty-five days away. Yes, I. That's that's the rumor. <laughs> I don't have a schedule that really proves that. But I hear some people saying that uh, that might be happening around here. I don't know. Yeah, in the words of Adele, rumor has it. I do know that, let's see, November 1st, 
the rumor has it that yeah, there's there exhibition is. games that night uh, on November 1st. Neat. The reason I know that because we had to cancel a hate coach show that night. One final note that I want to leave us with here, uh, and it's been real, real fun and, and fun. Or, uh, Neil, the look on your face, you're like, hmm. Shaq Buchanan. Oh. Yeah, you wanted to talk about the St. Louis Cardinals. What? I'm not no, like, no, I would have never brought them no, up to your face. You shut the hell up. <laughs> No, absolutely not. I don't know if I. This is the worst part of baseball season. Oh no! Is no, 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 no. It's sh- not. Shut your mouth. This is my podcast and, now. And, and some people. No. Before we get to it, I mean, I, I actually could take you to a few people who just totally gave up on the Carls. Didn't even want to talk about it anymore. You and I talked about not wanting to talk about them. No, I. I, I surely that no no somebody you're a liar. Um, hacked in. <laughs> To the podcast, you're a damn liar. Put words in there that no. made me sound like I said it. Because you guys were barely playing 500 baseball. I'm getting it from Joy Reid. I don't remember that. People hacked into it. I love it. And uh, just put words into my. I don't know how that even. That's smart people out there. First of all, I'm going to talk about Shaq Buchanan before you talk about, about your Shaq. damn Let's St. Louis it. Cardinals. Very briefly, Neil and I, I'll have a story coming out sometime next week uh, when I get some time to sit down and crank it out. Uh, Shaq Buchanan uh, has signed a training camp deal uh, with the Memphis yeah. Grizzlies. Uh, also, coincidentally, happened to be in Murray about two and a half, three days later uh, after that happened. And uh, Shaq told us he found out on Twitter that... <laughs> Uh, I couldn't that, believe it when that, he said that. That's why I asked him. I said, did you find out previously, or or did you find out based on their cut and based on their notes uh, on PR uh, through social media? And he said he found out through social media. And I was like, I oh, well, guess I have a job today. Um, wow. Look at the world we're in. But that's business transactions in yeah. the NBA sometimes. It's uh, how you find out you're traded, typically, is, uh, is somebody like Adrian Wojnarowski or Sham Sharania being like, nah, you're traded. Um Happy for Shaq. He does know he's probably the 16th guy. I think he alluded to the fact that he knows that it's going to be a tough, a tough training camp, which they report. Let's get real excited. NBA training camp starts this week, like in, in 48 hours. Um, so going to get busy there in the lab, uh, as, as the kids would call it. Um, really, really excited for Shaq's opportunity. I think there's already a lot of rumor that he's probably going to make the roster mm-hmm. uh, for opening night. Now, uh, will it become a two-way contract? Will he spend time with the Memphis Hustle this year? I don't know. Shaq told me in July when he was in town for the Overlook stuff that he very likely was going to spend time with the Memphis Hustle this year. So maybe mm-hmm. there's just been some sort of a gentleman's agreement that whatever happens, he's got a spot in Memphis right, right. now. Uh, they're pretty heavy at guard, um, but I mean they've also cut several guards and traded several of them away. Mm-hmm. They've been very busy in the off season, kind of tinkering with where their money is going to go next year, and I uh, think there's just a lot of anticipation and expectation that Memphis makes the playoffs again this year. How they do it, or you know, can they stay healthy? Well, no one ever knows. It's 82 games, but when you play 82 games, a guy like Shaq, you know, uh, who kind of has the same comp as like a young Tony Allen. You know, kind of plays maybe the same role as a DeAnthony Melton, who's you know already on the roster. What does Shaq get to do? You know, and Shaq was able to tell us Neil that yeah he he thinks he's going to handle the ball a little bit. He's got to get a little bit better at a jump shot, attacking yeah. the rim. You know, hitting some open threes, catch and shoot, and pull up, and uh, kind of needs to help generate transition offense. And uh, hey, that reminds me of a role he used to have here in Murray, Kentucky. Yeah, he did. And he did say if he needs help, some advice, he does have somebody that he knows he could contact on that. Yeah, he's got a, they're, 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 he's got a couple of decent yeah. point That's guards. one guy he like, rides to camp with or to practice with. Yeah. I, what, what was his name? Morant. 
was his name. So is it Jay? <laughs> ja, 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 Isn't that kind of neat? <laughs> Do you have anybody you can uh, lean on? Like, yeah, I have this guy. There's this guy. Yeah. See that banner up there? That's that's him. Yeah. Here in here at the CFSB. Yeah, that guy, number twelve, Ja Morant. Yep, absolutely. Shaq did say, and I, I was glad to ask that question as well. I was happy to hear that. You know, kind of when they're on the court, it's a business. Uh, but after, I mean, it, it's it's there's a huge friendship there. Yeah. Um, and it started with you know really well before their commitment. You know, they all made a decision. He and Tevin and Ja. Adam Wells of WPSD even talked about it. We remember very well that night those guys coming to visit, and that's where a lot of things changed. Yeah, well, that you talk about knocking that one out of the park, and you—I mean—you honestly never know with recruiting. Some really highly talented ones have come, yeah, haven't panned out. Some others, I mean, honestly, no one said, "Hey, we got this Morant kid. Think he'll be here two years. He'll go to the NBA in the first round." First of all, you say that in the OVC, they'll probably try to get you tested as a yeah. head coach, but no one said that. Uh, and that you just never know when that's going to happen. That's what makes sports so thrilling, is you see development of uh, young young men, and uh, they're able to get on. Absolutely. Good. All right. So Cardinal time yet? So speaking of home runs, yes. Neil, you get. I'm looking at the clock right now behind your silly looking head. You get three and a half minutes. Say whatever you I want about the St. Louis Cardinals. Fifteen straight wins. They hammer the Brewers. Jesus. They hammer the Cubs. Shut up. They're rolling. Suddenly, uh, Goldschmidt hitting everything in sight. Oh, I know. What's he hitting, like 600 in the last? S- something like no, that. No, I think he's hitting like 390 Tyler in the last Tyler O'Neill is insane. You he's have, blossomed have, into a star. You have 330 homer guys. When's the last time Aaron, the Cardinals had 330 homer guys? I don't know. It's been a while. Molina, he's Molina. Somehow he just doesn't ever seem to age. Uh, even to Young, his time on the bench, he's hit two home runs in three days. So uh, Bader is uh, blossoming right now, too. And the pitching's been good enough. Who, who would have thought Adam Wainwright? Come on. Flirting with 20 wins. Can we please talk about how it looked like it was all going to come to a end? And I don't mean, a, oh, my God, it was going to come to an end. You're, you're, you're probably going to make the playoffs. You're very likely. Padres are out. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you're going to make the playoffs now. Um, Uncle Charlie had a rough day yeah. recently. Oh, yeah. Oh, guess who came to lift him out? The freaking offense was like you know what uncle charlie you've given us everything this year and over the last 15 years why don't we help you out do we want this win streak to extend hell yeah we do and they just what was it like a fifth inning rally and yeah, a seventh yeah. inning rally yeah. they just kept pouring on the run for somebody who's a huge reds fan i am absolutely paying attention to what the cardinals are doing because number one above all i love the national league central above all mm-hmm. even even more than i love the Reds. I love the National League Central. But God bless it, there is literally nothing worse. I'll go on the record and saying it. Absolutely nothing worse than when you get to October and St. Louis Cardinals fans being like, this is like 2011. Well, this kind of is. Yeah, I know. Mathematically it is, but just like Cardinals fans and the postseason, it's just every time it's just like, well, we belong in the postseason. Baseball's ours. This is our domain. And it's just like, oh, it's so freaking annoying. Oh, there's my rant for the day. It's just the truth, though. However, you do know that on Wednesday, the 6th, if they get in, it could be over in one game. I know. Bye. Bye. And that's baseball. Loser the Dodgers. Ah, It was fun. It's done. Uh, but the part that I, Cardinals, yes, it's what makes sports amazing. It is. And it's 
amazing to watch. It doesn't just happen in baseball. It happens Look at in every rally team against sport. against the Cubs. Every team sport, though, confidence is unreal. You just suddenly go, we can't be beat. No one can beat us. No. It, it happens the other way, too. We can't win. We don't have a chance today. <laughs> you're not right. You're, you're right. Six <laughs> weeks ago, that was them. I'm uh, down. Yeah, we're, we're bad. We're bad. Now it's like, I don't care. Down six, nothing. It doesn't matter to us. We're going to come back and beat you. Which has happened. Yeah. Yes. It's happened twice in this 15-game stretch. <laughs> yeah, I know. They have won in every way possible. This hasn't been 15 games where it's like, all right, we're up 3-0 and we'll close. There have been two or three games where they've been down like 7-1, 6-0, 5-0. You know, yeah. and I mean, have just rallied, absolutely rallied every time. I know. They've beaten good teams, bad teams, and mediocre teams. They've won in every way possible. The double play that they turned yesterday. <laughs> Everybody touched it almost. What the F? <laughs> I'll say it one time. I want, almost wanted to say the full word. What the F was that double play? I they just kept throwing it around until they got an out. It's like a high school. Yeah, just like, <laughs> well, here, just, just ping pong. Let us know when you can get an out. Let's just throw it around and <laughs> it's finally like, take It's it. like a game of hot box <laughs> in your backyard. And the Cubs were just like, we don't know how to run bases. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad we got to talk for three and a half minutes about it anyway. Well, I'm glad that I could at least comment on it. I, I Look, my father-in-law is a huge Cardinals fan. I've been blessed to go to Bush Stadium. I, I will continue to go to Bush Stadium. I love games there. Um, I love the National League Central. I, I, I mostly ingest in, in J-E-S-T and ingest I-N-G-E-S-T the love of Cardinals baseball around me. It just permeates me whether I want it to, to or not. It. It's not going to work. We're, we're trying. Eric Chumbler has been trying to do it for years. I'm not going to be a Cardinals fan. But I am glad for my friends. I say this with much chagrin. I am glad for my friends that are happy that they're watching baseball right now. Listen, I'm just glad that we're actually winning a few games as the Reds. It's too late now. Yeah, you know, we took two in Washington, uh, one in extra innings. But and I'm glad Joey's having a great season. But just like our pitching has just let us down all year. Yeah. And I mean, and I know that's something they'll work on in the off season. Meanwhile, we extended David Bell uh, for two years. I'm, I'm not. I don't know how I feel about that. Check back later. Shake that eight ball again. Well, I'm glad also that the Cardinals are getting a crumb in the National League Central because a few years ago we were assured it was going to be the Cubs dynasty no, for the true. next decade. And then they just sold the farm. <laughs> now they're the Cubs again. <laughs> oh! Oh, you're the same team that we used to hammer all the time. We can't win. You go back to that. <laughs> we, we're, we're not going to win anymore. We're bad. We're going to no go 43-122. and 122. Wait till next no, wait till the year after that because we're not going to be good next year either. Actually, forty three and one twenty two is one sixty five. My bad. Terrible. It's, so. It needs to be forty three and one nineteen. Neil, it's been fun. It's been real, and it's been real fun. Um, we can commiserate once more. Hey, the next time we talk, uh, what's going to happen? Let's just go ahead and ballpark it. My God, we literally didn't talk for eight days, and the world changed. I Are predict we? the. I predict the next time we will not have a place. That the that the Murray State has landed. Okay, yeah, that's, we, that's my prediction. That's my prediction too. Okay, see ya.